The stockroom is an explicit radio program. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to the stockroom with returning hosts Martin and David. David, we'll start with yourself as always. Who are you? Why should everyone listen in? Uh, it's questionable why you should listen to me, but uh, if you do want to, um, I, I have uh, worked at Entertainment Tonight, the TV show in America for a long time. And, uh, and then I was the editor of Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine, a genre sci-fi fantasy and horror magazine and i run a genre pop culture nostalgia site called it came from blog if that's not enough to listen to me then arguably you shouldn't we and then martin who are you let's remind everyone our if not first time listeners introduce yourself hello i'm martin adel smith i'm the writer of the best-selling fantasy series the spirals of danu there's absolutely no reason you should listen to my twaddle at all <laughs> You're just like the anchor, really. Yeah. <laughs> the anchor host. Sinking, sinking, yes, basically. <laughs> so this evening, we are discussing, in brief, mind now, I suppose once this is aired, everyone will see the timer, the illusion will be broken. But we are discussing Deadpool 2, a little bit late to the party, but, you know, we've had time to gestate uh, the thoughts there and our musings, so... As we usually do, we'll start with a little bit of a round table quickfire of our initial thoughts on the film, and then we can go for a little bit of a deep dive into that pool that is dead. <laughs> I thought that was generally funny. <laughs> David, you can start with yourself. Uh, I, I really, 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 really had a good time watching this film. And that's the most important thing. I, um, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan. I appreciate Deadpool. I'm aware of Deadpool, but I was never a Deadpool comic book reader. And, um, Deadpool to me is more of a cosplay character at conventions, uh, than anything else, even though he's, uh, he's kind of a unique, uh, offshoot of the X-Men. And so to me... I'm like, all right, it's a cool character. Uh, the first movie was fun and I enjoyed it. And I was like, all right, when another one comes out, I hope it's good. And for some reason, because my expectations were not very high or low, and because I didn't watch any trailers, as is my practice these days, because I like to actually be pleasantly surprised by what unravels on the screen in front of me, I thought this was extremely entertaining. I laughed all the way through. I got all the jokes and any that I didn't were obviously over my head. I felt like this was totally geared to be just a, it was it was like airplane the movie for superhero films. Yes, I would agree definitely on that. Martin, what do you think? You had a bit of a different opinion. I, I took the opposite opinion. I found this to be a dull, insipid, vacuous movie. <laughs> didn't go, didn't <laughs> take anything from the first. And it was purely by the numbers by me. And I'm sorry to say, not a single gag landed. Right. Wow. Well, I will have to question then, what did you find at the first movie? Did you enjoy that? I did. And I, I think that's part of the problem that obviously the first movie 
for me was really a very sharp juxtaposition to the DC movies that you've got the DC movies being gritty and dark and this unrelenting doom about them and suddenly Deadpool comes along and he turns all of the seriousness on its head and to an extent with Marvel as well but it was more aimed at DC um, I found it fresh I found it funny and I found it witty the problem is is that the sequel it, for me, it's just a rehashing of the first movie. It was almost by the numbers. You could put those two movies side by side and they are identical. Mm. I would have to disagree. I'd be in Camp Weiner, I think. Uh, really enjoyed it. I was watching it just as a popcorn flick. I wasn't expecting the cogs to be teased uh, very much. Um, it was the perfect popcorn movie. I thought it was bigger, badder, louder. All the jokes hit a lot more. It was a lot more meta. The in-jokes hit a lot better. And some of the stuff they did with cameos and odds and winks really knocked it out of the park hmm. compared to the first one because they had the budget. There was a certain scene in the X-Men manner which had me nearly falling off my chair. <laughs> that was a good scene. That was a good scene. I will give you that. And yeah. I think overall it actually was just a lot of crazy fun. And they knew it. And I suppose the 2V are usually, so this is kind of entering the discussion a little bit, the 2V usually don't watch all the trailers, but I think for once, they actually encapsulated perfectly the multimedia facets of the whole thing because they did the song with Celine Dion where Deadpool was going around stage, dropping to his knees, arching his back in high heels and all this, which was hilarious. But it wasn't Ryan Reynolds promoting the movie it was Deadpool and he was like oh thanks Celine that was a 10 out of 10 but you know this is more like a 6 out of 10 movie so if you could tone that back <laughs> all this kind of jokes which obviously wasn't in the movie it was in the title sequence and then we had the the uh, trailers with like meat cable so what they did for that trailer which was brilliant was Deadpool was like oh yeah we're introducing cable and he's a big badass so then the scene in the movie where he breaks into the prison he emerges from the wall and all his arm is green screen so then the ad is saying oh what they didn't even get time to finish the green screen give me two seconds then this little cut cardboard cutout city and deadpool is a little miniature figure dressed up as woody and it's all like reach for the skies cable blah 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 so they really <laughs> played in with the whole multimedia as if deadpool was actually promoting the movie and there was a lot of stuff with X-Force in the trailers which obviously didn't make the movie and there was a lot of Twitter accounts for the likes of I think it was the character Peter became like a, a real entity on Twitter mm -hmm. etc so they really built the multimedia around it and I think that actually really did hit home given the amount of references even in the opening scene they had the Logan miniaturette I suppose and mm -hmm. the fact I suppose I'm jumping all around the place but with all that taken in, it did perfectly encapsulate the little I know of the metaness of uh, Deadpool, if that's even a word, metaness. I think I think that's really fun. You make a great point, and and the movie aside, um, the this the Deadpool movies are are brilliant when it comes to marketing, um, and and it's very refreshing because there there was a, a time, long time ago, in the galaxy far far away, where the ads would sometimes have not even show any much from the movie at all. It would be sort of a, about the making of the film or, or a description of the film or who's in the film. 
uh, with with limited with limited footage, and they really have capitalized on that. I mean, the first teaser trailer for this, you know, was the the one in the uh, the phone booth, you know, where he's trying to change while someone needs help, a la Superman. Or was that the first Deadpool? That was for Deadpool too. Now yeah. I'm starting to confuse myself. See, I don't that even know Deadpool because too. there is so many ads and little nods and winks that this movie is coming out, but the stuff you saw wasn't in the movie, which is very refreshing. But it also showed you that this movie is a little bit different. Deadpool was promoting his own movie. Oh, and, yeah. And with that, even the movie itself, as I, I think your point was going, they can <laughs> just completely take the absolute piss. But it's in character, so it's okay. It's not like mm -hmm. the really bland seriousness of, we'll say, the MCU where they can't swear or anything like that. Yeah. Although I, I want to say another thing that, that also in promotion of this film that I thought was really brilliant was uh, I saw uh, there was some, I, I want to say it was a Korean talent show that's like a huge show, you know, uh, Britain's Got Talent, America's Got Talent. It was their version of that uh, and some sort of singing competition. And this masked character wearing a unicorn mask uh, saying, from Annie, the sun will come out tomorrow, and it was pretty good. And it turned out to be Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was quite brilliant. Uh, you know, among the million sort of pop culture references that you either get or you don't in this movie, I think a lot of it has to do, and arguably so, with uh, a certain broad spectrum of knowledge of 80s filmmaking, you know. A lot of the references are sort of uh, geared to 80s pop culture. You've got the AHA Take On Me video that sort of uh, plays a, a crucial role in, in the film. And I think I think if, if that's sort of your, your sweet spot or your wheelhouse, I think at least where I was concerned, that's why I connected with this more, at least where the humor was concerned. And uh, as far as the characterizations and, and, and the structure of the film, I think if anything, you know, Deadpool is an extremely irreverent character. That's the appeal, is he doesn't care, and you enjoy the fact that he could care less. So here they gave him an opportunity to care and a reason to care uh, about someone other than himself. And he was completely out of his comfort zone. And it didn't become an entirely saccharine movie because it didn't completely follow that arc, but it touched on it enough to make it, I think, an interesting stretch for the character. And I think that was that was fun as well for me. Martin, we'll give you your two minutes there. I think the problem, one of the problems that I've got with this movie is that by far and away, the most interesting performance was Zazie Beats, who was Domino. And I think <laughs> when you've got a secondary character like that who's the best thing on the screen i think the entire thing has a problem because so much is cloned from the first movie yeah the way that he loses a limb in the first one it's a hand in this one it's his legs and the snappy commentary on the likes of colossus and how he copes being metal and what have you and it just kind of felt there was nothing new in this movie if you've seen the first one then you've seen the second one already. Did, did you not laugh at the baby legs? I would have, <laughs> I, 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 I would have laughed, but we'd already seen baby hands. So <laughs> because we've already seen it, I'm kind of like, well, this isn't new. This is, 
almost a clone beat for beat of the first uh, movie. Yeah, but they knew what they were doing. It was literally like Deadpool 2, we got a better budget, all that stuff. And then they pushed the envelope further, or it was like baby legs, and there was a little, little flash of a little baby dick as well. If you yeah, were... well, the whole basic instinct scene, which is, uh, again, sort of going back to the, uh, although that's early 90s, isn't it? But, um, you know, it, it's it's referential from pop culture of 20 plus years ago. But yeah, you didn't you didn't laugh. OK, that's cool. I, I, not it once. To be derivative of the first. Not once. Not once. Honestly, I, and I came out of the movie and I wondered if there was something wrong with me, something fundamentally broken inside now, because the people that I was with, the friends I was with, they did enjoy the movie, and they were quite surprised that I didn't. But You didn't I, have your brand in the morning, I understand. That, that, yeah, I, I, I needed more coffee. That was, that was clearly, <laughs> clearly what it was. But yeah, it just didn't do it for me at all, in any sense of the word. Well, the first movie for me, I actually didn't like it at all. I thought it was very bland. Jokes didn't hit. Wasn't really getting it. But this one, having seen the first one, I was getting really involved in it. It made a lot more sense. Especially given the multimedia. And it just felt... Watching it in the cinema, it felt in the moment as if it was a commentary on now. I don't think the movie will age very well, given some of the overt references like oh right shot at thanos and the stuff with logan like in 20 years time you'd be like what's that about i don't know what that is you know if it was mm-hmm. a bit of a disconnected movie so i think it's very much like a commentary like you say the naked guns and airplane and all that even scary movies they're all of the time so it's interesting that the movie does involve time travel but i don't think this will travel in time very well. <laughs> I'm very well said. I agree. <laughs> I want to talk a couple more moments that, you know, this is one of those movies where there are plenty of things, at least for me, it was just laugh after laugh after laugh. And a couple of the standout moments were the, the X-Force, um, the recruitment and then the, uh, the, the deployment and then the, the destruction of what I had no idea that they were not going to last very long, <laughs> and so, and and so how they just were completely just taken out, save for the, the the one lucky character I forget her name, Domino, right? I just thought that was absolutely brilliant, especially uh, what was he called, the Vanisher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, turns out to be Brad Pitt, and and although I have to say that in terms of being derivative. That whole scene and that whole team felt very much like Mystery Men to me. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Mystery Men. I've not um, seen that, no. It's a 90s uh, superhero spoof about a team of superheroes that have that have pretty much lame or non-existent powers, but it's a Oh, this is a movie. World. Yeah, this is the yes, I have seen this, sorry. Ben Stewart and Paul Rubens and, and Greg Kinnear and, uh, you know so on and so forth it felt like that to me uh, and that's a good thing it's that's a good thing mm. but i also loved uh, the whole training the whole x-men training scenario the fact that he was wearing like a trainee jersey brilliant <laughs> cut off football you know american football jersey cracked me up beginning to end and how he was just getting it all wrong i can understand how a lot of this stuff does not land in terms of humor but uh at least my experience i i smiled throughout and it was very rewarding for me but then i suppose 
the comic book series is like Deadpool and Cable was a big series there. When Cable entered the scene, in terms of tone, they really tried to make it serious. And I think it really did work because it was like the serious balance, but it didn't feel like a piss take within the movie itself. It really remained as if Deadpool was just the funny person and everyone else in their own universe was acting very serious. There was no one else really stooping to the comedy, only Deadpool. If that makes that, sense. That's that, that's sort of the the danger of of portraying Deadpool is because Deadpool is he's a he's an obnoxious asshole, and you're either in on the joke or you think he's a dick. <laughs> and sometimes uh, you know if it's his movie, it, it, it's positioned in a way where you're in on the joke beginning to end. Whereas uh, sometimes the context does not quite work, and that sounds like a situation where it's not quite working. So I think fortuitously it does work for these films so mm. far. Yeah, and and I, I I must add one more thing that uh, we're obviously talking about spoilers and all that kind of stuff, but I I, I loved the ending in the little coda where uh, he pretty much went and retconned his own you know Ryan Reynolds characters where he you know he. He took out the original Deadpool, and then he took out <laughs> Ryan Reynolds himself with uh, his excited, his enthusiasm that his world is going to change with Green Lantern, you know, and that script. So yeah. I thought that was pretty, very funny. Yeah, I mean, you could get all like fanboy caught up and like, oh, how does this affect the timelines? It's going to fuck up the whole movies. Doesn't matter. It was a brilliant end credit gag, but the question does remain: He did bring back his beloved. And the whole point of the movie was that she died and he was, you know, grieving, etc. Will she be back for Deadpool 3? That is going to be the big question, despite well, the he's got, spoof stuff. He's got the time travel device, right? Yeah. But that only had two shots. No, but he was jumping all around at the end. Remember the uh, teenage nuclear warhead impactor lesbian uh, fixed the time travel device? Right. Yeah, so yeah, it's almost like uh, Avengers. You know, if you if you have a if you have the capability of time travel, you can fix all. Doesn't yeah, matter. but that's the How thing. How is that going to affect actually Deadpool three then? Given that he does have time travel anytime he wants capacities, is it just going to start oh. with? Oh no, I stepped in it and it's broken, and now we have to work from here because the whole premise, really, before it was fixed in the post credits, was Cable sacrificed his future and his family to stay in the present. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I were writing the script, I would basically create a, a period piece. And then, of course, it, the, the time travel device is lost or broken. So he's stuck there, you know, and he's, you know, stuck in the 70s or the 80s or the 60s, whatever. Yeah, that would be fun, actually. He would best fit in as a fish out of water. Yeah, no, that actually would be quite good if they did a period piece, even back to the 80s, where it's like, whoa, and then he could be referencing stuff that didn't happen yet. It's like, oh, I and he could you. also entirely rip off of the uh, you know riff on riff off of riff off riff on. He could riff on the uh, uh, X Men Days of Future Past concept. Yeah, what do you think, Martin? You had issues with the time travel that it was something at a looper, which we sort of shot you down in the messages. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I guess this script just went above my head. And we could have seen Deadpool really take chances here with 
not just the uh, some of the jokes, but some of the uh, character arcs. And it didn't take any chances. It was by the numbers for me. And I think that's why a lot of it didn't land it, because it was all just so obvious. And I think perhaps one of the biggest issues is that we were talking there about how Deadpool was wearing the trainee jersey and they go off to try and save Fire Fist from this big inferno that he's setting off at his uh, boarding home. And I always think it's very important that we feel sympathy with our hero, that we would want Deadpool to succeed in whatever he does. And I think perhaps the point that this movie lost me is that Deadpool executes a regular human with no... Uh, judicial system or anything like that he decides that this guy's guilty and just shoots him dead just on the say so of a boy there's no evidence for it at all and I think that's the point where I stopped engaging with the movie because I was like you can't do that that's not the way that a hero should behave but he's not a hero he never was but as as the center of the movie as the kingpin of the movie we should want him to succeed and I think at that point, he just turned into a super mutant villain for me. But he, he had no mission, <laughs> really. It was Cable was like, yo, man, I need your help, actually. He didn't have a mission. The whole thing was he got sent to prison for that. So there yes. was the reckoning. You know, you say, oh, he shot someone, but he got sent to prison for it. So yeah. then but- the whole movie, Cable came in. It was just by happenstance that everything started happening around it so Mm -hmm. he didn't really have any plot i think that's the whole thing he's just kind of yes that's that's a good point but deadpool didn't have a plot because basically his plot ended in the first 10 minutes where uh is it veronica dies is that the name yeah veronica so veronica dies and basically that's the end of the deadpool saga he's actually just a vehicle that we're following but everyone else is doing their story so that mm-hmm. was kind of the movie it, there, it it's not um, like a deadpool the hero it was deadpool the bystander who's like all right very much so and uh, i think that's probably what makes me a grumpy old man when watching this movie <laughs> this this movie for me as much as i enjoyed it in terms of the plot mechanics i do not feel like it warrants the the scrutiny Sure, every movie has to make sense and, and has to have a, a driving... Characters have to have motivations and it has to have sort of a, a drive forward. But to me, this was just a... a like a, Again, like like these sort of slaps... These comedies, these screwball slapstick comedies where uh, it's really just uh, set up and pay off and set up and pay off and scene and scene and scene and set piece for our amusement and overall there is a sort of a general drive forward to make sense to me once you start really kind of dissecting what worked and what didn't in terms of the story structure i almost feel like i i just it doesn't it didn't matter enough to me to care about that element i was just laughing and that's all i really wanted it's like i'm not uh, trying to degrade this current conversation but i mean i kind of think it's like if you watch some some video that last 30 seconds where something happens and you crack up, you know, someone fell, you know, someone's misfortune, something that made you just laugh. But then you decide, all right, let, now what's the story leading up to this? And what, who's, you know, what, what exactly is the, 
the motivation of the character and you know is there was there a sufficient payoff or i don't feel like i knew enough about it to me it's that's kind of the equivalent of what we're talking here at least from my standpoint i just felt like it's entertainment and it's not even trying hard enough necessarily to meet the points martin that you you might have hoped for or expected so you could either find that a disappointment or you could sort of accept it as status quo for that particular film that's probably fair yeah i mean i'm definitely going about movies these days going in with no expectations and i'm enjoying movies a lot more uh i believe gentlemen we will be discussing very soon solo also and dave that goes back to your point a 30 second clip do we really want to see how the sausage was made before that Mm -hmm. possibly we're hinting hinting to the next episode obviously it's going to be solo uh, can't exactly say when that's going to be recorded, but uh, <laughs> maybe I'm being a little bit meta here myself. Perhaps. Well, I think we'll find the time. Hopefully. I think. I think we might. If it's not, something I would love to talk about because that's definitely a film that no one likes to discuss or or de- you know deconstruct at all. Yeah. Well, I suppose without throwing our two cents on top of probably the Federal Reserve amount of two cents now that everyone's thrown in on Deadpool. Do we have any closing remarks or anything else we'd like to add? I suppose it is just a little brief discussion. I think we've definitely talked about things I haven't heard people discuss yet, despite just rehashing. Oh, do you remember that? Do you remember <laughs> the member berries? That was awesome. Yeah. Any any closing remarks? If you've seen the first one, you've seen the second one. And for me, uh, I found this to be a superior film in terms of the belly laugh quotient. Okay, yeah. Um, I would say I found it really enjoyable. I laughed. It, you know, filled that void on a Wednesday night when you go watch a movie. And yeah, it was great. I suppose ratings then out of six will go as our standard. David, you want to start us off? Uh, I'll give you a five out of six on this one. Martin? Two out of six for me. I think I'm going for a three overall so doing my quick math my brain <laughs> 10 out of 18 10 <laughs> 10 out of 18 i can't even talk um yeah very good <laughs> jesus okay it's a, a three it's about a three a three out of six we have to round down yeah very good i suppose all right gentlemen uh would you like to close out where can people find you david we'll start with yourself uh, yeah, I have a site called It Came From Blog. It came from blog.com, and all my socials are at It Came From Blog, where you can get all sorts of fun sci fi, fantasy, horror, superhero, genre, retro, nostalgia, toys, collectibles, notions, insights, and time wasting without the toxicity. Martin? You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at The Spirals of Danu. You can find my books in on Amazon and all good bookshops and some crap ones as well. And myself, as always, I am The Fear Merchant and pretty much forward slash or at The Fear Merchant on everything. And The Bizarre Cast is now on Podbean, everyone. Big announcement. So if you're used to be listening... And you want something a little bit different, Podbean is where it's at. Still on iTunes and all those good stuff. Not on SoundCloud anymore, but you wouldn't be listening if you were on SoundCloud. So how about that? 
So until next time, everyone, be merry and enjoy yourselves, David and Martin. Pleasure as always. Absolutely. End of line.